For 25 years, we have been Indiana's business news leader. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures and Indiana University. The heart of the Wabash Valley beating to a new tune. Terre Haute's transformation into a West Central Indiana destination for work, live, and play. And another big step for Hoosier Life Sciences. How one biotech company is taking direct aim at cancers caused by HPV infections. The balls is the Colts have it. The Colts have it. It is Robert Mathis. And you'll hear from one of the best defensive players to ever put on a Colts uniform. We just believed in each other and just believed in the coaching, believed in everything, and just understood we have the tools to get the job done. Robert Mathis on winning the Super Bowl, his new mission to help young people learn the game of life, and Peyton Manning, the prankster. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, coming to you this week from Terre Haute, the heart of the Wabash Valley, as our Engage Indiana series rolls into Vigo County in West Central Indiana. This week, we assembled more than 300 business, political, and community leaders at Hallman Center for a discussion on key issues facing the regional economy. More on that in a moment. But first, I'm standing outside of the historic Hallman & Company building in downtown Terre Haute, a more than 130-year-old landmark that sits in the heart of the city. It once served as headquarters for the Holman Empire, including Clabber Girl, which is still manufactured here. As Terre Haute looks to its future, it is turning to this seven-story piece of its past to be a catalyst for new business, innovation, and growth. This is old warehouse space. Um, it's been cleaned out, you know, in preparation of future build-out. History runs deep in Terre Haute's Holman Building. It was constructed in 1892, really as a uh, grocery and dry goods store, so uh, I told some people it's kind of like a 130-year-old Sam's Club. For well over a century, this building was home to Holman and & Company and its iconic Clabber Girl baking powder. But two years after the Holman family sold the building to Terre Haute businessman Greg Gibson, it is being transformed into a one-stop shop for entrepreneurs and innovation. The station co-working space has opened in the former Clabber Girl Bake Shop and Museum, the first of multiple agencies from the Terre Haute Chamber to local economic development and redevelopment agencies to locate in what is now known as The Hub. What we want is to be able to have anybody who's interested in starting a business, growing their business, anything having to do with business, to be able to walk through the doors of this building and access those services that they need. So if it's talking to the chamber, we're here. Talking to the Economic Development Corporation, they're here. If it's finding that landing space as a co-working space um, and you want to come to the station, it's here. To really have all of those resources in one place for people to be able to access is so important. Gibson Development Company sees new life for this grand old building as a unique spark that can further ignite a downtown resurgence. It's really a hub of activity. It's people uh, coming to work. It's people, you know, eating breakfast, dining out, um, you know, enjoying a drink after work, and just really bringing more density to downtown, more more traffic walking the streets, and I think it's it's going to be a great. Uh, really a great bookend to um, the east end of downtown Terre Haute. So as this historic building continues a rebirth, continues to fill up with tenants, 
There is hope that more people will come to downtown Terre Haute as well. Well, you know, I mentioned we are in Terre Haute this week as our Engage Indiana series continues uh, its path through 2023. Seven regional events being held around the state to engage communities around key issues they are facing. This week's event was a focus on West Central Indiana. It attracted more than 300 business, community, and political leaders to the recently renovated Holman Center in downtown Terre Haute. The event included a fireside chat with IBJ Media CEO Nate Feltman and Secretary of Commerce Brad Chambers. They've got this great collaboration, this regional collaboration that's producing results for the communities that are part of that collaboration. It's, it's super exciting, and, and I expect them to not just keep up, but pick up speed. I, I expect this community to pick up speed and to have more momentum, and winning leads to more winning. Winning is contagious, and I think that's happening in Terre Haute. I moderated a panel discussion that generated conversation on challenges like available housing, and also momentum that seems to be defying the detractors in the Wabash Valley. It's very similar to other communities all around Indiana and then really in the nation. Um, we've just kind of historically underdeveloped and underbuilt for years. And now here we find ourselves with a high workforce demand. We don't have enough housing to, you know, to really meet that need, that need here. You know, there was a lot of criticism and, and uh, you know, it was always uh, why Terre Haute instead of why not Terre Haute. And I think that's changed, and I'm really excited about what's happening. I think we've got a lot of potential uh, to, to draw industry and, and new development and retail development, and uh, I'm excited. Once that started and the investment that's followed and the enthusiasm for downtown and now the convention center and this beautiful renovation here and the parking garages and the whole feel of downtown is obviously dramatically different, and it's starting to spill out. Well, certainly a robust conversation with business and political leaders in Terre Haute, evidence of a community and a region beginning to really get engaged around some of those key issues. Well, you know, Indianapolis Colts icons like Peyton Manning and Robert Mathis, they're very familiar with Terre Haute as well. They came here for training camp back in the day. Rose Holman Institute of Technology hosting Colts camp from 1999 through 2009 during the team's Super Bowl runs. Mathis, my guest this week on the Business and Beyond podcast, says Peyton got a kick out of trying to punk teammates during camp. He was yeah. a big prankster. Uh, he knows when to have fun, knows when, you know, uh, uh, time and a place to do everything. He, he tried to get me one time, and that was my rookie year uh, with the trash can leaning on the door at, at a witch. <laughs> I said, man, no, sir, you're not going to get me with that because I just saw you do that to somebody else down the hall. Much more with Robert Mathis, including how he's helping young people through his Gridiron Gang organization. That's on this week's Business and Beyond podcast. Well, coming up next, Mary Rachel Redmond is in studio in Indianapolis with a look at news from around Indiana. Plus, a longtime innovator, startup leader, says Indy's life sciences startup scene has blossomed over the last two decades. We look at Indiana's strengths and weaknesses, including how dismal venture capital is for female-led startups. Congratulations, Gary. 25 years of remarkable leadership, service, great journalism, and a terrific legacy of advocacy for the state of Indiana. I truly believe that you are one of the state's two or three or four most important assets. Incredible legacy, 25 great years, 
Can't wait to watch the next 25 years. Grateful to be your friend and your colleague. You're a terrific Hoosier gentleman. Congratulations. Well done. Here's what's making news around Indiana, brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors, Indiana's 21,000 realtors, the neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. Well, some potentially big news for the state's economy. Indiana, one of only two Midwestern states in the running for what could be a $50 billion semiconductor plant, according to the Indiana Economic Development Corp. The IEDC also says it's pursuing a $3.2 billion data center project that could result in 250 jobs. To help land these mega deals, the IEDC is asking for $122 million from a $500 million deal closing fund approved by state lawmakers in this year's budget to acquire roughly 1,300 acres of land in Lebanon's Leap Innovation District for both projects. That's the same place Eli Lilly and Company is building a $3.7 billion manufacturing campus. If Indiana is chosen for the semiconductor project, it would by far be the largest economic development deal in state history. The unnamed semiconductor manufacturer is expected to make a decision later this year. Now to major momentum in Montgomery County, where Crawfordsville is cashing in on big-time investments to the tune of more than a half billion dollars over the last year and a number of jobs. Just last week, Nucor announced plans to spend $115 million to build a second manufacturing facility, the steelmaker's second big announcement in as many months after a $400 million expansion of its existing steel mill. And that's not all. Timber Sealy also setting up shop in Crawfordsville, and Mayor Todd Barton says it's all about knowing how to sell a city. Every time we've gotten a site visit, they have made the decision to come here. And, and I'll just tell you, like Temper Sealy, you know, I, I think they came here to do a site visit just to be nice. I mean, we were not at the top of their list by any means. But when they made their site visit, um, things changed and changed rapidly. And we moved to the top of their list. Um, so we know how to sell Crawfordsville. We know if we can get them here and we can expose them to the culture and the environment, and what we're doing in this community, we can build that excitement and, and we're pretty successful once we do that. Maryville-based NYSource making a big move. The energy company selling its minority stake in NIPSCO to Blackstone Infrastructure, that deal worth more than $2 billion. NIPSCO involved in creating clean energy in northern Indiana, entering into a power purchase agreement with EDP Renewables to purchase the Carpenter Wind Farm in Jasper County. Indianapolis-based startup Arrive, which used to be known as Drone Deck, making plans to go public. The company created the Smart Mailbox in 2019. It's climate-controlled and able to receive deliveries from couriers, drones, or robots. It's all systems go for a major plan to upgrade the Village Commercial District next to the Ball State campus. The $80 million development includes a new performing arts center, hotel, dining, and residential space. And major kudos to city and business leaders in Fort Wayne. Wallet Hub is named the Summit City the seventh best-run city in America. Coming up, we look at how far Indy's life sciences startup scene has blossomed in the last two decades, and we look at some of the challenges. And in this week's IBJ, a deep dive into what's going on at drug manufacturer Catalan in Bloomington. Productivity and quality issues, plus a second round of layoffs, creating questions about what's next for the company when we come back. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. 
As a Main Street bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. As we continue to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Inside Indiana Business, we take a look back at how the startup scene has made major leaps in the life sciences. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta is here with more. Kylie? Oh, yes. Thank you, Mary Rachel. It is quite the contrast compared to two decades ago. In 2001, there were only four venture capital transactions for a total of $14 million. Last year, 37 life sciences companies secured $620 million in venture capital. One Hoosier entrepreneur says it's evidence of a startup ecosystem that didn't exist 25 years ago. 16 Tech Innovation District, opened just three years ago, is home to the Indiana Biosciences Research Institute, a nerve center of sorts for life sciences startups. One of those is Covina Therapeutics, led by Chief Executive Officer Kristen Sherman, who began working in the startup world about 15 years ago. If you had a facility like the IBRI back then, the first thing that popped in my mind is who would fill it? You know, we were still very much a big pharma town. We were Lilly, we were Guidant, there was Cook, there was, you know, the, the orthopedic groups up north, and you just couldn't really look out and see a whole lot of life science startups uh, on the horizon or operating. But she helped build the roster. She was chief financial officer for Marcadia Biotech, which sold to Roche for more than $500 million in 2010. It's one of many transactions that helped create in Indiana what she calls an ecosystem for life sciences startups. So you have the facilities like the IBRI. Ten years ago, I was looking for lab space here in central Indiana for a startup. Couldn't find it. So having the IBRI is key. Indiana also now has the talent, people with experience and investors with strong exits. A third factor is vendors locating in central Indiana. Fishers, great example of being able to attract vendors who are supporting the life science ecosystem. So you've got these pieces that are all falling into place now that didn't exist 15, 20 years ago. It's adding up, she says. $620 million in venture capital last year, a big number by Hoosier standards. Very large for Indiana. Uh, just recently at Bio last week, and, and you can see what the ecosystem looks like across the U.S. and across the globe, but we're catching up in our own way. Indiana is also making progress in growing the number of female executives and entrepreneurs who face a unique challenge. I actually had seen a statistic recently from PitchBook for last year that total life science capital invested in U.S. startups was 2% for female founders. That's a pretty small number at the end of the day. We've got much, much improvement that needs to be had. Indiana startups have made tremendous progress. She says 20 years ago, leaders wouldn't have been able to dream of populating a place like 16 Tech. Now you can see not only populating it, but having a need for even further expansion and growth. It's amazing to look at how big 16 Tech has become. But I mean, what's next? And I guess what's Indiana's biggest turtle, I guess, moving forward? Yes, she says the biggest challenge in Indiana is venture capital. She says you can pull the intellectual property out of these universities, you can create these companies, but the venture capital has to be there to support it. And she says that's the biggest challenge that Indiana faces going forward. 16 Tech is massive. You know, it's, yes. it's a big physical space. How, how does that help? 
a lot of these scientists to, to do the kind of work that they want to do. Well, she says 16 Tech is a major advantage. Uh, getting grant funding, a major piece of that is being able to point to where you're going to do your research, where you're going to do your work, and having our IBRI be able to say, this is where I'm going to do all my research is a major advantage in getting grant funding. Amazing stuff. Thank you, Kylie. Yeah. Next, we head back out to Terre Haute, where a big gamble is paying off, a convention center in place, and a casino coming. Gary with the details when we come back. And nominations are now open for Indiana Lawyers' inaugural Diversity in Law Awards. Learn more and make your nomination by July 10th at theindianalawyer.com slash events. Welcome back to Terre Haute, certainly one of the very big stories in this city. The $290 million Terre Haute Casino Resort. Work is progressing at a brisk pace, about a year since ground was broken for the major development. In fact, crews recently lifted the last beam into place for the 10-story, 125-room casino hotel. When complete, the casino will feature 56,000 square feet of gaming space in addition to restaurants and bars. The casino looking to hire around 600 people for both full and part-time roles before the casino opens in the spring of next year. Certainly another very high-profile project here, the city's downtown convention center. It opened one year ago in April. It's been touted for a long time as a key piece to making Terre Haute a regional destination. Is the more than $30 million investment delivering? Since opening, we've hosted um, approximately 20,000 people. General Manager Tennille Wanner says first-year numbers suggest the Terre Haute Convention Center is delivering on its promised economic impact. Since opening in April of 2022, the center has hosted nearly 200 events. I think there are some things that Terre Haute still needs, you know, more hotels. Uh, the hotels are a big piece of our long-term book, which is our convention business. And so um, our hotels do really well here. But I think long-term, when we get more hotel room nights, I think that will succeed a little more. But really, it's just being able to reach out to those associations and those Midwest organizations, those regional groups that can pull that business here and being able to get into those rotations. Warner says beyond the dollars and cents, the convention center is giving Terre Haute some much needed exposure. When we get a lot of folks here that haven't been here, especially with some of the conferences we've done, they see the growth that Terre Haute has and they see the opportunity that's coming. You know, it's not just the convention center, but it's also the casino that's coming. There's more industrial groups that are coming. And so we're really um, going to be able to transform into a meetings industry here in Terre Haute. Officials say Terre Haute's two convention hotels are currently running at about 80% occupancy and that keys to future growth will be a new hotel and parking garage. Both are expected to happen next year. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Inside Indiana Business. As we leave you this week, more images from the county seat of Vigo County, Terre Haute, along the banks of the Wabash. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.